Hey, you beautiful fucks. This is episode 11 of the Becoming Human podcast, and I'm your host, Will Nelson. In this podcast, we explore people's pursuit of fulfillment and take guests to their most honest, beautiful, and vulnerable state to listen to their stories and broaden our understanding of the collective human experience. Recently, I took two months off to get a grip of my school schedule, but I am back, motherfuckers. And I've adjusted every my next semester and every semester here on out to ensure that it does not interfere with my creative pursuits. I'm taking a couple episodes to put together a collection that revolves around equality. Because lately in public I've seen this fight for gender equality turn situations awkward and something reminiscent of oppression with the exclusion of one gender for another. It's this idea of conquering that has me wary of what our culture is fighting to manifest. But seeing as I have limited knowledge, I want to spend some time exploring people's perspective who intimately understand the subject of equality and... starting the muck and mire of it. Anyways. My son's mother, she's another inspiration for seeking to understand in America. If I could describe her in a few words, I'd say she'd be the one watching football, yelling at the screen, drinking beer, eating Cheetos, while I'd be in the kitchen with the kids, making some fucking mad recipes. (laughs) She was always very dominant, and I was incredibly submissive. I'm pretty sure that's what I... What attracted me to her. Um, Growing up, my disposition, it was unusual compared to most of my male peers. They'd be playing sports and I would be alone um, imagining fanciful stories and pretending that I was, I don't know, what was it, the school's bodyguard or something. Um, And often I found myself playing with uh, women because it was more comforting to me. Maybe because I was raised by a single mother. And I was crafted by my environment, but um, my son's mother was kind of the same way growing up. She was more, I guess, of a tomboy, if you will, um, playing sports, you know, getting in the mud. But then she she go in and out, just as I would as in a, when I was a kid too. So I believe that we balance kind of feminine and masculine traits, in independent of gender too. Because most men are more masculine than they are feminine. Most women are more feminine than they are masculine. But obviously there's there's other subgroups who possess, I guess, different proportions of the characteristics. Um, oh yeah. I In this episode, I decided to explore her endeavors working at a lumber mill in North Idaho where she's one in six female or she's one yeah and six of the females that work in the lumber yard amongst hundreds of employees and a few of the positions that she's held no woman has ever held it before and you probably guessed it it's not because they try to discourage women from fucking working there it's just women are less inclined to want that kind of job working the ridiculous hours she works from 4 a.m. to 2 o'clock in the um, afternoon out in the crazy snow and in the rain 
and operating these huge cranes and so on and so forth. Um, she's always been more interested in physically competitive pursuits that had less focus on social ambitions. Um, even she used to work for the mentally disabled, um, or taking care of the mentally disabled, rather. And she didn't find it as satisfying as when she was working in the warehouse at the Mint. Um, minting gold, platinum, and silver for Canada and the United States government. I actually worked there too and I wanted to tear my fucking eyes out. And we did the same exact position. I don't know how she found it appealing. But there's that divide between her and I. And I believe this divide is the subject of equality in America. It's what I enjoy doing more. My, pre, my predisposition and her predisposition. It's like night and fucking day. And I believe disarming individuals, making them incapable of hurting other people, it's just, it's fucking us in a lot of ways. It's empower, I believe we should be empowering the individual. But not to get off on that tangent, I will let her story kind of carry you through and develop your own understanding. Um, and anyway... Her, her characteristics were contrary to most of her peers of the same sex, who predominantly gravitated towards roles with more emphasis on social ambition, care as in caretaking, nursing, retail, HR, and so on and so forth. Um, in this episode, we'll be taking a look at her ambitions, her struggles, successes, and how she perceives herself and her peers. Um, also, I was looking at uh, a couple of studies on the acrwebsite.org um, under conference proceedings, and there's a lot, there's not a lot, but there's quite a bit of research that has been done um, showing that without social, so children who are very young, um, gravitate towards different things depending on their sex for the most part with few exceptions and that makes sense i mean think of all your male friends and think of all your female friends if you can do a gross generalization for instance um could you divide them into certain groups would there be few exceptions or many exceptions and be honest i mean even all of you fucking social justice warriors out there, be fucking honest. It's not wrong. It's not wrong to assume that black guys got a big dick. It's not wrong to assume that most Chinamen can't drive. The reason why they can't, why they get in more accidents and they bump each other, I guess, is because in their country that that's normal. That's okay. But that generalization is appropriate. Some things are appropriate. And I believe limiting that for fear of hurting individuals or groups or um, alienating them will only alienate others and create a more severe equality issue. And let's face it, in terms of biological inequalities, in terms of where you grow up and where you raised, if I, for instance, I was poor as fuck, I'm fucking, I'm starving, I'm barely able to make my shit. But just because I have friends who were born in some of the nicest houses I've ever seen without having to worry about surviving doesn't mean that I fucking resent them. 
and I think that there should be some sort of laws in place that should level the surface. Just because, um, what is it? Most some of my guy friends are born with just ridiculous physical traits, or some women are able to navigate social situations a lot better than I am. It doesn't mean that it needs to be fucking handicapped so that I could feel equal, so that I could feel safe and secure in my environment. No. If I work on my internal strife, if I work on my resilience, empower myself, my security, I can overcome. If you look at everything around us, it is representative of the organic flow of truth is that if you if a living entity has systems that do not work that do not facilitate that individual's being survival then it will be cut away it will be cold it's fucking we would consider it heartless but that that is how the best traits in a species have come through that is evolution, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass. Anyways, I'll step out of my own way, and I'll let Hope share her story. Uh, but before that, I'll play you in with a little instrumental track by Heuristics. You can find them on SoundCloud as Heuristics, H-E-U-R-I-S-T-I-X, or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Heuristics801. And if you like this podcast, please rate and review it on itunes or spotify google play wherever the fuck you listen to this shit and share it i appreciate all you guys listening to this and enjoy Idaho Forest Group in McLeod, and my job title is Log Yard UMO. So basically, I do in the winter time I do snow plowing, obviously for the plant site, and then I do a little bit of cleanup under in the basement. I take out blocks with the skid steer. I clean under a hog belt, and then when I'm done with that, I get to go out and run heavy equipment and learn different things. So far, I've learned the cranes, which are whatever, log loaders. Mm-hmm. And then I've learned bucket loaders, and now I'm in the process of learning a Laterno. 
Um, in the summertime, I have to put water on log decks, so I'm running 300 foot of hose hosing up a deck, wow. and then I put sprinklers in it, make sure the logs have water. In the wintertime, we obviously don't put water on the logs, so I don't have to worry about that, but that's just summertime. In, uh, and that's basically what I do. How physically demanding is it up on you? Is it like, um, are you exhausted, or is it a pretty physically easy job? No, it's in the beginning, it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. But once you do it over and over, your body obviously adapts and does differently. What um, and learn to be okay with it, you know. So yeah, we all get accustomed. To it. Um, what what actually made you? What inspired you to make that kind of decision? Why? How did you arrive working at a lumber mill? Well, um, God works at the lumber mill, and hold on one second. Well, you might have to edit this out. What news? No, yeah, we're news. New news is fastest. I, right, I, I, I like the game news. No, just new news. So the reason I decided to work at Sawmill was because I, before that I was a rehab tech and it was like a, a desk job mainly. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I I've, I physically needed a change. You you did weren't and, satisfied doing something that um that challenged you mentally, like not mentally, but I mean that did not challenge you physically, I guess, that left you feeling unsatisfied? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway. And my dad worked at this one sawmill, and so I felt, you know, I, I've already worked with my mom. It was pretty cool to be able to work with both of them now. Mm-hmm. And um, just to go off on a quick tangent here, um, are you, do you have any boys in your family? On your, um, like, brothers? Uh, like, brother? Yeah, I know you don't, but just for the audience, I guess it's yeah. useful. Yeah, no, I don't have any brothers. I have four older sisters. Um, and so did you, growing up and stuff, um, did you spend more time with your father and wanting to do um, things in his vein, or did you spend more time with your mother and wanting to do things in her vein? I always was with, I was a mama's girl, so um, I always was with my mom, but... There were times that I wanted to, you know, be with my dad and do do boy stuff and go out and work on cars and and basically I grew up with my mom, mm-hmm. more more hanging out with my mom, but I was definitely the tomboy. Yes, and I was my sister Natasha was too. I mean, we were both. She played football in high school, you know, mm-hmm. junior high. So we we grew up as the tomboys of the girls. Yes. Okay. And so you were at times uh, more attracted to, um, I guess, things that we would. Con- usually consider uh yeah tomboy things i guess yeah huh what'd you say oh no i just said yeah oh okay um and then so getting back to being at the lumber mill um so you left um you didn't want to do the rehab tech anymore at uh pisney uh panhandle special needs in sandpoint um because you weren't being physically challenged and that left you feeling unsatisfied uh, so you went to the mill. Um, in your process of trying to go to the mill, were you um, challenged in any way by your friends or by the mill itself or by your dad saying that, you know, I'm not sure if you can handle this or this is probably not a good idea? Like, were you met with some um, restraint trying to make that transition? I think a lot of people had doubts 
mm-hmm. on me that I would or wouldn't be able to make it. And, and that was my shot to show everybody, yeah, I can do this and I can do it, you know, just as well as anybody else. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like I had a lot to prove, but I knew I could do it. Mm-hmm. I see. So it, even people's opinions that said, you know, I don't know if you could do this, Hope. I just, I mean, your opinion's your opinion, but in the end, I'm going to show you. That's my mentality. I'm going to show you I can, and then there you go. Exactly. And then um, that being able to face that sort of adversity, which is interesting, too, because I I think um, a lot of people have the misrepresentation of that sort of adversity that you're talking about. By the sound of it, like, correct me if I'm wrong, none of it is intentional. There is no system, you know, system corporate system or otherwise that discourages you or prevents you from doing that job. It just sounds like social pressure. Am I right? Yes, I agree with you. Um, I think that corporate pressure, there really isn't any for a woman, in my opinion, because they do want diversity and, and, and women working in their facilities so they can say, Hey, we, we are diverse. We do have different genders. So I don't think there was any, I mean, I think it was all friends and family that were like, hey, are you sure you can be able to, are you sure you're able to do this? And I would almost think that it's because it's not very usual for most women to want to be ambitious in that way. I don't think that, do you know what I mean? It's just like, it's almost like me with, uh, what do you call it? Some of the ways that I behave, which are unusual to most people. So people question, and I think it's the same with you not unusual in a bad way because no one is no one tried to hurt you by the sounds of it whether um emotionally or because of your choices i think they were trying to show me really are you up are you do you know what you're up against really physically in the beginning it wasn't i mean i struggled for the probably for the first month i was there i struggled really hard Mm -hmm. and then every every uh position i changed because i've you know, I did the chipper, and then I did the number three edger, and then I went out to the log yard. And every position that I've changed into, there's different, um, there's different struggles. Off- yes. One that I have to learn. My body has to retrain itself. That no, you do this. You know. Mhm. Exactly. I move different parts of my body. So I don't know. I like the company I work for, and I like what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and by the sounds of it, it sounds like you found some very um, interesting uh, struggles, I guess, that you're trying to overcome and are overcoming. Um, what At the mill, how many other women do you work with? Um, there's women in different departments, but I mm-hmm. personally work with no women. With no women? No. Are you the first woman to um, fulfill these kind of roles that you're fulfilling, these more uh, physical, outdoors, um, I guess, grittier roles? Um, no, I think that there's been women in the past that have been out in the log yard or, or, you know, I don't know if other women have been on the number three edger, but I know that there's women in the past that have been there. Yeah. But me personally, you know, I, there, there's no women but me right now out in the log yard. There's other women in the sawmill that are working, you know, different positions or in the planer. And mm-hmm. I think overall there's about one actually in, not in the office, actually doing sawmill work. I think there's about maybe six oh. women in the whole plant site. 
And we're talking about hundreds of employees or? Yeah. Yeah, hundreds of employees. And um, not to belabor this point any further, but um, I do find it very interesting. Um, why do you think that is? Like, do you do you think it's just because of general interest? Like, if you were to ask any of your um, female friends if they would like to, you know, if you had a job opening and if you were to offer them that job opening, knowing, you know, the pay, but also knowing the hours and also knowing the demands, do you think it would be likely that most of your female friends would uh, want to jump aboard? Or do you think these physical demands or the time demands, because I understand your schedule is a little um, harder, um, do you think that that would uh, keep them from uh, doing such an ambition or an opportunity? I think... Well, it just depends on who you are, really. If you're the if you're the tomboy type girl that wants to go out and work hard for money and 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 make really good money, because I do make good money, but um, I think I don't think many women want to do it because maybe they don't think they can, mm-hmm. you know, physically. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You don't think, and maybe there's a lot of women who think sawmill work isn't for women. You know, you always get those type of people, yeah. and even men who say, "I'm not going to have my girlfriend work in a sawmill because that's not woman work," mm-hmm. or you know, quotations, "women work." Yeah, exactly. Really. And so that's my. So you think the social pressure is more or less one of the things that stands in their way, not just general interest? Yeah. Oh, I see. And. um in terms of your pay too, I don't know if you guys are uh, a lot if you guys are allowed to discuss pay or anything like that. But is there an actual people claim often that um, women make seventy cents to the dollar of every man, and in reality, when you look further into those statistics, um, that's showing that women just take usually lower paying jobs. Like if when you work at Panhandle Special Needs. That person there makes less money than the person at the mill, correct? Yeah. And how many women work at Panhandle Special Needs in comparison to men? There's one guy that works at Panhandle Special Needs, the rest are women. And no, there's two. See, that, no, that's my point exactly. I, I understand that that's a small case anecdote. It's, you know, it's just one example. But I know that there, I'm aware there's many examples that – that show that the wage gap isn't um, the actual position. It's just by all positions together. And obviously you're going to get paid less. It's sad, but it's not about gender. It's just about the type of work that you do. That's all. And so this leads me to my next point. Um, do you get paid less for than anyone else in the mill just because you're a female? Do you know? Um, I don't think so. And that's a general misconception that a lot of people have, because once again, everyone thinks that women make less than men. But once again, it's just I think they go by position. what they, they go by position. Yeah, exactly. This position, whether you're a woman or a man, makes this. And there's no. So I because you're a woman, you're going to make less. That's not no. And so I ask you, do you feel that that's logical, though? Like, to me, on a personal level, obviously, I'm not in the thick of it. I don't have this social pressure. So I ask uh, your opinion on it. Do you think it would be logical to make something like Panhandle Special Needs equal pay as as what you're doing? 
or would that undermine the difficulty of the job that you're doing? I definitely think that. Because what if they got paid just as easy or just as much as you did? Not saying that their job's easy, but I mean it would be easier to get that position than it would be the mill or easier to stay there. Like most people would be, you know what I mean? It requires less of you mentally. I definitely think that I definitely think that panhandle special needs or Disney or any other organization like that should pay a lot higher than what they do. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it should be equal with the physical demands of, of, of certain other jobs. So, you know, that's hard. Because I do think they do deserve to be paid more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's where I would agree as well. But then I would almost, I would feel like if you paid someone equal, not just more, because I do think they need to be paid more because you cannot be live on that wage. I guess let's be open and honest. They get paid, what, eight fifty yeah. an hour or an average? Uh, no. I think you start out at, at minimum wage. 725 Yeah. Oh, geez. Wow. Uh, so 725 is minimum wage, and it's hard to live on. That is hard. To, you can't do it. Yeah. Almost impossible. Especially when you have kids in daycare. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of mothers out there working and trying to bust their ass and do it. And, I mean, it's that's even on $8 an hour, that's almost impossible to live on unless you have another source of income coming in. Mm-hmm, exactly, which would then make you dependent on um, another a male, which, you know what I mean, it's not saying that that's wrong. It's, yeah, it, it needs to be raised. But if it would be raised, then you would expect the mill to be raised as well because it would, to that new standard, right? Well, I don't know because you know, they don't start out at minimum wage. Yeah, I know that, but I mean that um, the standard that you're speaking of, where as someone at um, at a place that services the special needs, they should get paid more. It, but if once again, if they were paid equal to what you were at the mills, then that would be stating that that's as difficult in whatever capacity as the mill. Correct. Well, if you're a a, a really really educated rehab tech, I think that a lot of them do deserve, I mean, because it's mentally. Yeah, exactly. And that's the point right there is that. But you can't pay people who who don't want to do their job, you know, that amount of wage. You have to really, that's what I'm saying, you got to get, I don't know, that's hard. No, And it goes back to Sunshine Minting, though, is because they did underpay for a high demand of physical labor. And what happened when they underpaid for a high demand of physical labor, it hurt them because they had very, very bad employees because of that lack of Well, they, they had a high turnout rate, yeah. People yeah. We even come in just as quick as they were, you know. Exactly. Sometimes when they got... But I, I'll be the first person to say I really, really, really got a lot out of Sunshine Minting, and I really, really enjoyed my work there. Uh-huh. Um, because that company was the first company to, to teach me things I've never learned, like a forklift. And, you know, the upper management really wanted to see me succeed and brought me to manager meetings. And I wasn't even a manager. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted, they saw something in me that no other company's ever seen or tried to to promote for me. I mean, they really did a lot for me to try and make me a better employee and a better, better person. Really, they taught me a lot. 
They inspired, um, would I be correct to assume that they inspired confidence within your own abilities? Yeah, they made me want to work better and want to learn things and want to work harder. I enjoyed my job there. Mm -hmm. And that was your first job that was entirely physical, correct? Yeah, and that was that was uh, standing for 12 hours a day in the same spot was pretty hard. I, I think you can agree in the beginning, you know, and then lifting, you know, 30 pounds all day long back yeah. and forth. And even in that position, didn't you, um, what do you call it? It was interesting, too, because it's Sunshine Minting, I guess, to, uh, to explain it for the audience so they get a sense of reference. There's um, Sunshine Minting is a, uh, is a mint that works for, that con- does contract work for the government of the United States and for Canada, and then also does private work. Um, yeah. they, what do you um, uh, Canadian currency. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did a lot of stuff. And they made a lot of money, and then the what they paid their employees ranged anywhere from, I believe, what it was nine dollars um, in on the warehouse to fourteen or fifteen dollars an hour. Yeah, but they also had four shifts. Yeah, that meant run twenty four hours. They have over three hundred employees. They're running twenty four hours a day. You know, of course, they can't pay you twenty something dollars an hour because they're paying freaking just. 400 other employees. Yeah, exactly. That's and their management, you know. Was, but they did have good benefits, and they had good – I mean, when you can get a company, I think, that has good benefits and and, and uh, is good to their employees, I think that that's the best case. Yeah, and I would agree with that, too, because as long as you can take care of your employees, and that would be the best-case scenario because, once again, there is yeah, – you but then you get those kids. I mean, a lot of the people that worked there were teenage kids that are right out of high school. So, of course, their turnout rate, they don't want to be physically fit or physically um, challenged in any way. Yeah. Kids nowadays are lazy, in my opinion. Uh, I, they, I think that, the, like... The generations now think that shit is owed to them. Nothing's owed to you. you got to go out and work for it. I, if you're not willing to go out and work for it, then you're going to starve. <laughs> The, or you're going to flounder and drown I, in life. What happened, it, what's happening, it seems to be what's happening is that, um, and as opposed to just laziness, it it may manifest like that for now, but I think what's happening is that a lot of the physical aspects or mechanical aspects of our life, not mechanical as robots, but mechanical as um, monotonous or like, uh, how would you say this? Let me think. Thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of how to put this in a good point. Um, mechanical things, so, like, I do windshields or I cook a burger at fast food, right? That, that There's no art there. There's nothing special about it that makes my skills very valuable. That's a skill that everyone possesses, pretty much, the ability to cook these McDonald's-level burgers, not artisan burgers, just McDonald's-level burgers. I think that that's getting replaced by machines more, Hence the whole mechanical aspects. Those are easily replaced by machines. We don't have restaurants yet, but they're working on things like that. We have machines that build cars now and stuff. So I think as that is implemented, I think it's becoming less important for most people, not everyone. Obviously, there's exceptions. Obviously, there's people who crave um, physical difficulty as opposed to creative and intellectual difficulty. Not that one's better than the other, 
But I think as that goes away, we begin to only focus on creative and intellectual difficulty, which looks like laziness in the end. But in reality, we're just um, disseminating that responsibility to machines. And for now, it's going to manifest as lazy-ass people. But like what San Francisco is doing in Silicon Valley with all those tech people who just work, 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 work on the computer and shit and build crazy-ass games or innovation quickly, I think that's the future of efficiency. That's just where we're going. And for now, you just have people who are chilling and looking at YouTube for a long time. But um, the people who are really getting it or the people who are really taking advantage of the system today, instead of that being the hard worker who's doing very physical things, I think that's the creative person who's creating products or creating entertainment online, if that makes sense. That reaches everyone. Uh, I guess everybody has their own opinion, you know, I mean, I think that, yes, I mean, I think that honestly, people are lazy Mm -hmm. today in the world. I mean, I see on, on standpoint, Facebook, people are looking in search of jobs, get on the fucking internet and look for a job. Quit asking people (laughs) who's hiring, get out and do it. (laughs) <laughs> get out there and get on different websites. Go out there and put your fucking resume out somewhere, you know? Excuse yeah. my language, but no, that's my not. type of thing that's what fucking irks me. Because if you have the time to get on your computer and say, in search of a job, who's hiring, mm-hmm. go fucking look. Go do the You're wasting your stuff and everybody else. And then they say, preferably $9 an hour. Well, if you want a job and you want to make money, you got to work your way up. You're not going to start out at fucking $20 an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. My time, that's what irks me about kids nowadays with the whole job and and feeling like they're owed something. Nobody's going to, you know, uh, that really gets me. Has arrived. I was out there at 14 working my first job full time and going to school. Mm-hmm. And I went out and got that job. I went out and put in my application. I didn't fucking have anybody helping me. Well, my parents would drive me there because I couldn't drive. But. <laughs> But you have that determination, that ambition, and you, I think you need the standard that you hold yourself to, though, it's a question of whether or not that it is unique or it's not. Do you have a high standard for yourself that you obviously achieve? Because, or is it that everyone's work ethic is shitty? You know what I mean? Because, like, I think my mom um, encounters that often where she believes that, like, people need to be extremely clean and she gets frustrated when they're not, um, she's beginning to realize that she just has a really high expectation of herself and nobody really meets that because it's such a high expectation. Because what I've noticed is... That could be it. I could have a high expectation and say, yeah, you should go out and look for a job and not ask everybody else who's hiring. But, but not to I mean, your point. That's a that's high expectation wrong. that's bad for this world. Yeah. And, I, and that's where I'm not saying that you're wrong. I actually find it interesting and you do bring up some points that I never considered, especially with people who aren't actually going out there and pushing hard for what they want for their ambitions. But what I... No, yeah, we're asking everybody else to help them achieve it. And you can't count on nobody else. You feed your family. You feed yourself. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. Nobody can do it but you. So if you're going to sit there and ask for handouts, you're not going to go anywhere. I think that this expectation that you put on yourself, though, and this ethic that you have laden within yourself is the reason why you have arrived where you have now, is the reason why you're doing these hard things, or what you or I would consider is very difficult. 
because you're ruthless in your ambition. And it's a beautiful thing. But well, the only reason I'm amb- the only thing in this world that keeps me going is obviously my family, but my boys. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to show my boys that, you know, if you have drive, if you have, you know, ambition to do something, then you got to nobody can do it but you. Yeah. You know, I want to teach my kids that. And I don't want my kids to be on Facebook 10 years from now, you know, mm-hmm. asking for shit, you know, don't, I mean, there's different um, situations to everything, but when I see simple posts like that, like in search of places or houses for rent, it's like, go there and look, mm-hmm. get a newspaper, circle the ads, you know, that's what I watched my mom do Yeah. growing up when we, when we had to move, she'd be on a newspaper circling places or places for rent. Yes. Circling it in a newspaper. You don't see fucking kids with a newspaper no more or even care to look at one. Well, no, exactly. And what, what I think is interesting though, is that you grew up with, um, with some, with people who their main focus was surviving and getting by. And I think when you have really successful parents too, you don't have to survive and get by because your parents are never spending time surviving and getting by because they were already comfortable before you were born. Yeah. That's what I found out with why a lot of kids my fucking age can't cook for themselves. Right. It's because the parents are like, yeah, we have all the time in the world to cook for you. I mean, our life's pretty good and copacetic. And it's like, oh, shit. Without all this pain that was in my life, I would be fucking some useless little blob of a human. Right. Like, yeah. Um, here, let me get back to my notes. <clears throat> All right, back. I don't know. Are we almost done, Joey? Yeah, we're almost done. Um, and what kind of social pressure have you have, or what kind of social pressure have you faced within your work when you came in there? What did your coworkers say to you? Like, not verbatim, obviously, but, I mean, what kind of feeling did you get? Were they worried about that you're going to make it, or were they actually saying things that discouraged you from continuing uh, to mail? No, well, there's always that, you know, one person who doesn't believe a woman should be, you know, doing mill work. Yeah. But everybody's really, really impressed that I've done what I've done. Mm-hmm. So I think I have a lot of respect there. There's some people who think, you know, obviously, like I said, a, a woman shouldn't be in the middle. And then there's other guys who are like, good for you. Get yeah. it done. And so you would be correct to assume that this isn't something that some like crazy ass oppressive fucking thing that exists in our country that we need to march against, that we need to change all of our social systems for. Because obviously the only resistance that you're met with is, are you sure you can handle this? Right. And I I think that I'm afraid right now. I'm afraid as that old man is afraid that technology is ruining our life or whatever. I'm afraid that what people are doing is going to hurt us because people are fighting for this really hard. And I think it's wrong. And I'm going to get to my point here. But it's um, so people would want would want to put women in those positions that where you don't find many women so it looks equal people would want to encourage women to go there regardless of whether or not they want to or not because the seeing that there's not that many women in the mill disturbs people so 
how we were talking before, if your friends, like female friends, or um, would be likely to go and work at the mill and why they would and why they would not, is there really anything to fix? And with equality or having more women, you know, occupy those jobs, or if we tried to fix that or not fix it, if we tried to change that, would we be manipulating people and taking away their freedom in the process? Does that make sense? No, you can't, you can't fix, you can't fix, um, or change people. I mean, that's what, what my theory is, 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 you're going to get as many women as you get because they're going to come in as they come in. If a woman wants to go work there, she's going to go work there. If she don't, she don't want to. And any other means of doing it is fucking mind con- – it's not just not mind control like, oh, the government's trying to make us make decisions. But, I mean, if you start doing things in school that say, okay, men can't act masculine. They're really doing this right now in public schools. But men can't act masculine and women cannot act feminine. Because this is this in is what public schools? So they want fucking everybody to be transgender. What the fuck is that? What is that? That what they're saying is that so the 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 you idea, can't be yourself. No, exactly. That's my point, and that is why I think your situation, your ambitions are very important. Because we're not saying that you got lucky and have succeeded in a place that's very difficult for a woman. It's that you are unique in that your interests align with masculine things which is nothing is wrong with that but obviously you can still fulfill those goals without any resistance besides and i don't think in my opinion no work isn't i mean it is masculine you don't see a whole lot of women but it's all in your perception if you can do it you can do it it's not man work it's not women work it's work and if you're willing to go out there and work hard it's work exactly you're making good money at doing it and if you want it you can go out there and reach for it nothing's stopping you and if we try to, um, what is it called, encourage uh, school-age women to change and get into more masculine things so it would look more fair, I think that would be it's social engineering. That's oppression. That's, that is trying to control people to meet yeah, and Well, I think, yeah, you can't control anybody. And I think it's, you know, yeah. I, I, Nobody's going to tell me I can't work at the mill because it's man work. Nobody's going to tell me I can't work in, you know, or I have to work in an office. Yeah. And I don't think anybody should tell a man he can't be a receptionist or a nurse We have mm-hmm. because it's women work. And I don't think anyone should say that, well, women need to start applying more at mills now so that it, um, because that's un- It looks that, good. Yeah. I just. Right, I agree. You I, just do it if you could. And if a woman has the ambition to go work at the mill or a freaking, you know, or be a mechanic or be a welder, yeah. sure. she can do it. If she can keep up and do her job, what's the fucking problem? Yeah. There isn't one. And I felt that really hard on Friday night when I was at the uh, Rain City Slam in Seattle because you have these women who are like, um, fuck your masculine, like one of the poems or whatever, but it was a common theme. A lot of poems like this came up. Fuck your masculine power struggle. Don't you call me daddy in your ancestral fucking or some shit like that where they're like, they're saying that it's not okay when you're having sex with a woman for her to call it, call her, you know, a man or whatever, daddy. They think that that's a harassment word and no one should ever use it in privacy. And then they're talking about how like, um, what do you call it? You're, it's, it's weird. 
Man, it, it's real. And again, Seattle is definitely a different a different scene than here in Sandpoint. Well, you know, know what I mean? They're representing what's what it is representative of is the internet, which you see it a lot. It's worse on the internet. Hope it's really bad. Like they don't want kids playing uh, pretend pirates in school right now. And a couple people sued public schools, not in Seattle, but in, I think it was in uh, California or it might have been in New York. Um, they sued public schools because kids were allowed to play pretend play as pirates, but that's very violent. And that encourages um, rape when they get older <laughs> and masculine dogs. Oh, my God. You, so my thing is, is that's like saying you can't freaking let your kids play, you know, cops and Indians or cops that's, and robbers. Exactly. That's it. Because they say that's, that's imagination. That's them pretending. That's imagination. If you kill that, you're going to that's why our generations are dying. And that's control. Generations like us. You have to have imagination. You have to have force and, and play things. I mean. You kill a kid's imagination, the kid's going to die on the inside, really. Exactly. I mean, they're going to be the next monotonous freaking person out there that's saying, okay, where's my hand out? Because mm-hmm. I can't think for myself. Because I can't look on the freaking, go to different jobs and see if they're hiring or put your name out there. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how. Because I have no fucking, I have no imagination. I have no... I have no skills. I have no creativity. going to kill their brain. Yes. Right. Creativity, I think. And that's exactly what the whole thing is, is you're on, literally on the forefront of it on something that a lot of people don't understand but are fucking taking action willy-nilly, and it is harming us because all this... And you, you sit there and say that... Well, sorry to interrupt, but you sit there and say the poem with the whole Seattle thing. What you do in privacy is what you do in privacy. If you like certain things, you do certain things. If you don't like certain things, you don't do them. Exactly. That's it. Why is that anybody else's fucking business if 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 you like something or you don't? And you do not. I mean, if you don't like your your boyfriend or or husband doing a certain something, you communicate. Mhm. So why is this being? Why is this being brought sexual, um, private encounters? Why is that being brought up like it's a problem? If it's a problem, communicate. Yeah. Say, hey, honey, I don't like when you do that. Why is this being? Because I think people blast it out like that. I don't understand. People are getting confused I don't, right now. I don't um, tell people my my. I don't tell people my um, bedroom encounters. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, I just don't understand that. I, I think people are experiencing a state of confusion right now. Because right now they're so they want so this is another kind of tangential, but it's relative to it, and I'll bring the point all back and uh, get a nice conclusion with it. But in New York, they just passed a law that you can get fined $250,000 if you do not use the correct pronoun for someone, whether that's they, they, he, she, them, or any of that. They have 25 or a couple hundred pronouns. And you have to ask that person before you address them what their correct pronoun is, or else that's harassment, and then you get sued for the $250,000 and go to jail. Um, that's ridiculous. Yes, that's probably the most. What petty shit is going on right now? Are you fucking kidding me? That's it, but that's a step forward to making it federal. Where no, that's a step forward in 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 controlling how people speak. Exactly. If 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 you don't like the way I I'm talking to you, I'm not. I can't. I'm not. I'm not going to talk to you the way you want me to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you the way I talk. Yes, and it's the question of, it's not a, like what you were saying about communications and what you say in the bedroom 
it's your privacy. It is not about the words that you use. It is about the intent behind it. Just like with kids playing cops and robbers, the kids, it looks like they're doing violent things, but their intention is creative play and exploration. And to get rid of the, I guess, the surface... Violence behind it. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have to teach your kids at a certain point, you know, hey, this is, you don't point real guns at people. You don't, unless, you know, you point guns at animals that you're willing to eat. But I think they they explore those concepts through creative play. I think that's the difference is their intent is exploration. Whereas... uh, Yes, no, they have no fucking mean intentions unless you're showing them, okay, this is how you're raising a murderer. Exactly. And... They're not freaking out to freaking... There's no bad intentions in the kids. They're innocent. They have no... Until you teach them. Mm-hmm. And it, that's exactly... It's the bad and negative intentions or dark intentions are taught. And then taking this all the way back to women and women's rights, I think you have to question yourself. How many people have you met who had the intention to put down a woman or someone of particular race? just because of who they are. I think that we would find very few people. We don't really have a problem with that today. And the people who are Not very many, no. Especially, I mean, there's definitely those one or two people that you know are like that. Isn't that fun? But most people aren't. Most people are like, live your life. Do you. And if you're racist or if you're, um, what do you call it? If you're racist or gender discriminant, that means that you, someone fucked up in raising you, and I think 99%... And I'm not going to blame somebody who's like that, period. If, you're, if that's your feeling on something, I'm not going to down you or judge you because you feel that way. I may not talk to you or conversate with you because I do not feel the same way as you, but I'll never down someone on their... On their unless it's like, you know, I'm okay with child abuse or molestation or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. but no, if, if you're racist and or you don't like gays, or you don't like transgender, I mean, that's your opinion, and you go for it. That, that's your creativity. That's your imagination. That's your mm-hmm. um, feeling on it all. But I won't I won't judge someone because they feel a certain way. Exactly. Obviously, my opinion's different. Well, all of ours are, and I think it's a matter of course. whether or not you try to impose your will on others. So that's where the line, okay, this is not okay anymore, is if someone tries to impose their idea of things on other people, whether it's religious people or anything, you know what I mean? Controlling others for the sake of your ideas. And that's where it gets dangerous. And I think trying to change the systems in the way that they are is just making things worse right now and is making things very dangerous. And Yep, yeah, pretty much. But thank you so much for elaborating on all these points. Very, very much. You're welcome. I was... uh... I was happy to be able to be, if I was any help, you know. Oh, so you were happy to voice my opinion to you, and, and I'm happy that you asked me to do it. I mean, I was the last person that, that I thought you would ask. One last thing, too. Uh, I value your, your opinions and your position very much, and I do enjoy watching your unique journey through this life, and I've always appreciated it, whether or not I can relate to you on the physical aspects of things, because obviously... If you, if someone were to categorize me as a gender, I would quickly be female, but um, but not female. You know what I mean? Just using words. Yeah. Something. But um, one last thing too before I let you go. Uh, I think it's dangerous that trying to empower women. So if you were to try to um, 
let me let me rephrase that rather. I think it's dangerous trying to empower one gender over another because that creates inequality no matter what. I think the only way to go about creating uh, equality or um, the the best society that you can or interactions is trying to pump everyone up together. So okay, so sorry to interrupt again. Let me um get this. So you you cannot try to over empower anybody. I mean, there's okay, there's no gender equality. I will tell you that because there are things a man can do that I cannot physically do. Yeah. And I and I'm okay with that. I'm okay to say, hey, I need help. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can't do something, I'm not going to try and do everything a man can do. I can't make a baby without a man. Yes. And you know what I, I mean? I can technologically, but you know what I'm saying. So real quick. I'm not going to, and there's things that a man can't do that a woman can't, that a woman can. Sometimes. Like breastfeed and um, fucked up. Anyway. give birth. You were saying? I think that you do have to pump in any, everybody up together, but there's... There's certain things that each gender can or can't do. Period. And even me being as strong-willed, saying, "Okay, I can do what a man can do." I know that there's some things out there that I just can't do. Exactly. Some things on a woman's aspect that I literally could not do either, and that actually has a lot to do with the whole oxytocin and bonding with children and um, empathy. Like, so I think that gender equality is not really a term that. Because nobody's equal. No. Nobody's equal. There's no gender equality. It's it's just, that's hard to explain. It's just there's no equality. Exactly. And trying to do anything else like that, trying to rig the game, period, even just, not even just. No two people are the same. There's no life equality, and there shouldn't be. Because I was born to a very poor family. Um, but let's think of our friend Bryce Krumenacker. He was not born to a very poor family, so he has financially whatever he, you know what I mean, he had at his disposal. That's not fair, but should it be? Really? If we made all of this fair, whether it's gender, whether it's race, black people got bigger dicks than I do on average. But I mean, what are we going to do? What, is that really important? Is that really going to... You just take the life you were given and you do what you do with it. That's my thing. Exactly, because you know what? It makes you interesting. The reason your history and everything that I know about your history is made you interesting because you're here. You're at a sawmill. You're challenging the status quo, and you're making people think about your capabilities because of your... But I'm not only at a sawmill. You know what I mean? I go to a sawmill. I work you know, my ass off all day long, and then I come home. And then I'm a mom. I'm a girl. I cook dinner. I, or, you know, I'm the housewife. I come home, I clean. I, I run errands. I, I go shopping. I mean, and then, but Dustin does the same thing too. He'll go home, go to work and work his ass off for nine, 10 hours a day, come home and do laundry. Yes. I mean, we're just. And that unequal path, that inequality that, that you have, even with Justin, like the different ways that you guys grew up, that's inequality right there. Is if he grew up better or worse, it doesn't matter to quantify it. But, I mean, that is inequality, and that inequality created two different interesting people. Otherwise, you'd have two of the same not very interesting or useful people. Yeah, you start trying to control things, you're going to – the whole world is going to be robots. You're going to be the same. You're going to not have any creativity, imagination, any hope, any drive, any – Nothing. You can't do that to the world. 
and that goes on to a personal level. So then we will never grow as a as a human race. Yes, and that takes it all personal to um, your and I. Your and I interaction. That sounds really weird. Our interaction together um, throughout the years, being our son's mother and stuff like that. At one point in time, and it's not just you. No, yeah, there's some other people, but. Um, I, at some points, I would try to do things to create what I thought to help you solve things in my image. Like, oh, I think she should, you know, participate in this. You remember that, well? If you don't mind talking about it real quick. Uh-uh. Um, whereas, like, I would try to encourage you to be different and to make different choices. Yeah. And but that wasn't me. Exactly, because I was trying to create something in my image, and whether you do that socially to a whole society, to a group of people, or to an individual that causes pain, that makes you go backwards in steps instead of forward, and you don't love the person or the group of people. When you love the group of people, right. you love them for their faults because that's what makes them beautiful is the dark and the light places. Both right. together, the inequalities and the equality. Thank you so much, Hope. I really, really do appreciate You're welcome. when I needed this. Thanks for listening, you guys. Um, I just got some thoughts on just this whole inequality thing. Uh, So, just excuse me for rambling. (laughs) As a culture, I believe that limiting our expression is entirely unreliable and undermines any freedom that we have. If you try to dig deep into any form of social inequality, where someone is getting treated lesser or having their liberties hindered, we could see that it is mainly a communication issue. This is the fear of the unknown. Maybe that individual was raised in a fucked up way. I mean, think about it. How many of us have a fucked childhood in a misrepresentation of the world or people that inhabit the world, among many other things? Um, The resolution of this is not to limit the tools we have to express ourselves, nor impose severe consequences for such behavior. If we look at any form of cutting-edge modern teaching mechanisms, what works most is reward. Because imposing severe consequences simply suppresses the behavior. But think about what I'm saying, which is reflective of what's going on in mass with our culture. I'm talking about social construction. Creating a world filled with possibilities and tools that we consider appropriate. That we standardize. For example, correct pronouns. Not using offensive words. And so on and so forth. Creating how we interact with one another. That is damaging to the individual. It hinders liberty, freedom of expression, and lends extreme power to ideologues that constrain the organic branches which composes the social tree. I believe a way to maintain freedom of expression, empower individuals in their decision, how unconventional it may be, is to teach our children through public education. Security, exploration, critical thinking, grit or resilience, communication skills, and social skills. The only way to achieve social equality is to empower the individual to navigate these social situations. Because as with everything, in this world nothing outside of ourselves is safe it's unreliable to cons- to try to make everything safe because as within as without for example it is 
how we to create safety and security within ourselves and around ourselves is based on how we compose our immediate environment. Think of it like this. If somebody tried to come up to me and tried to socially wound me for my long hair, my skin color, or the way that I dress, I would have the tools, if properly, I guess, taught as a child or even as an adult, I would have the tools to defend myself and influence that person to reconsider their stance or to broaden their perspective and to understand that I'm just as capable as at being as closed-minded as that individual because I think we kind of all are in one point like every single person experiences that kind of emo- that that kind of form of that ex- form of expression like how many of us have had have thought some fucked up shit how many of us have said some things that were entirely hurtful to towards somebody that we didn't really agree with because we probably didn't understand their position or it it made us afraid or maybe we just didn't like it so are we trying to to hide those thoughts to make it difficult for somebody to be able to talk about those feelings and those thoughts? Or should we open the doors of communication and understanding and realize that all of us sometimes feel these ways about different groups, people, and different things and have the ability to be there for one another, to understand this, to enlighten each other. Not sounding new agey and fucking woo-woo and shit, but, (laughs) I mean, if I was saying some crazy hurtful things to one of my friends, they would help me turn my head around and understand my perspective a little more. And if I didn't, I would lose friends, keep losing friends, so on and so forth. I'd be isolated. I would be alienated because my opinions are um, unpopular, if you will. Anyways, legislation that that is unequal, though, that constrains a particular group, does need to be abolished in every fucking way. I completely agree with that. But as the pendulum swings from inequality to equality back to inequality, legislation that enforces equality will yield the same result, alienating other individuals, creating inequality. So I digress. Um, next episode is with my good friend Jesse Nutting, and he's going to share his story, his trials and tribulations of um, being homeless and finding a home and possibly, yeah, just a little bit of the things that he's learned along the way. Thank you, you fucks. I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas, and you're probably listening to this after Christmas, so have a good New Year's!